Ramble. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of You Can Sit With Us. I'm one of your hosts, Becky, and I'm joined by Margaret. Hello. And we've got our queen, Rainy, on the ones and twos. Hello. And that's all you get for today. Um, It's just us three. But we are actually going to do another episode of Ask the Expert, because you guys loved it so much last time. Mm -hmm. And today, we've got our health and wellness baddie, Maggie, giving out her... Experience, yeah. her advice, yeah. her everything. Just answering your questions that you wanted to know from the queen herself. Yes. Um, I just wanted to preface that I am a nurse. Um, I'm. This is not medical advice. This is just coming from a place of just uh, my experience. And yeah, I just wanted to say that up top. Yeah. So what is your experience with health and wellness? Like, how, Let's go back to college. So you're in nursing school. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you took really good care? Of your body oh my in God. school because you were learning about all the things that could happen to it? Oh, my gosh. Or were you the opposite? Were you like, um, I will never set foot in a gym and I'm eating pizza, uh, which I are feel delicious like, things that I do Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, pizza is delicious. Uh, you, it, it, Life's a balance, okay? Um, I feel like I've always had kind of a genuine interest in, like, taking care of myself, taking care of my family, taking care of my loved ones, and, like, learning <laughs> as much information as I can to empower Um, but that being said, I am also human. So I also have not so great, uh, sometimes I get into some not so great routines, but we're all trying. We're all trying. Yeah. Yeah. That's the best that you can do. Yeah. I did zero things in college and I'd say I do zero things (laughs) in life. That is not true. I'm a fix it when it's broken kind of person. Are you? So once it gets to a point where... Like, I think my ankle would have to be broken, like fully broken for me to see a doctor. Really? Like the first two times I sprained my ankle, I was like, mm. well, it's sprained. I know I know this for or the first time it got sprained. I went to the doctor. Second two times I was like, it's sprained. I've I, done this before. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've definitely broken one of my metatarsal bones in my foot, and I fully attributed to that being a sprain. It was a fracture. Ow! It was a fracture. But... There's not really anything you can do minus like immobilize and kind of like there's certain bones you can splint and it's important if those can be splinted to splint them so Mm -hmm. you don't cause more damage. But in that case scenario, it's still like every winter or so when it gets colder, I can feel that little spot in my toe. (gasps) It's my fifth metatarsal bone. Karen, you can tell the weather with your with my With my toes, but instead of my boobs. Instead of your boobies. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's go ahead and jump into some questions that people um, ask oh, yeah. you so, on your gram. Yeah. So on Instagram, if you guys don't follow us yet, sometimes we'll, we'll do, you can sit with us polls or polls, not polls, questionnaires where you can just drop some questions. So these are from Instagram. What screening slash tests should women always get done annually? Hmm. And if you know, kids. Oh, yeah. Okay. So they're going to change definitely by age group. So like things that... Like a 12 month old exam, like you would get like your hemoglobin or your like blood checked. They don't do that every year for adults. Okay. Um, I know certain people, like every single time you go for your annual physical, which if you're not going for your annual physical, you should. Mm-hmm. Um, and things will change as you get older. Like things in your 20s will change, things in your 30s will also change. Um, but typically I'll just talk for twenties and thirties cause that's like primarily yeah. our audience. Yeah, let's do it. 
Um, you will do. Not everyone I know actually gets a blood panel. I think that's like, yeah. I'm one of those people. Yeah. I like got a blood panel and I was like, is something wrong? Yeah, I think once you hit 30, <clears throat> then they should start doing it annually. Yeah. They'll review all your immunizations and make sure you're up to date on that. If you're switching doctors, um, it's kind of nice. I know in college and stuff, I went to a couple different doctors. So finally, when I started going to the same one over and over, they have my immunization record. Everything is up to date. But I remember things got a little funky around there. because so they're like, did you get your tetanus shot? Um, are you up to date on that? Because I like got a cut and that you're supposed to get that every 10 years. And luckily, being in nursing school, I am up to date. But there's like a lot of my friends and stuff. They're like, I don't actually remember the last time I got my tetanus shot or my Tdap or my whooping cough or yeah. all those things. They'll review that. <clears throat> Um, what else? Pelvic exam should be yearly. That's different from your pap smear. Pap smear. Which has recently changed. I remember I got a pap smear probably every year since I was, what, 16? Yeah. 16, 17? Yeah. And then a couple years ago, they were like, actually, you only need it every like four years if everything was normal. Yeah. On your last pap smear. They're recommending every (gasps) three, Mm -hmm. um, now. And then... Uh, pelvic exams just like rule out any sort of cancer and it's not like the full where they put the <clears throat> speculum, which is like the device and everything. That the they duck put lips. In. Exactly. <laughs> um, you can get those through your primary care doctor. I know there's certain barriers sometimes that there's not enough time or they only get like a 15 minute window to do your annual yearly exam. But you, if you can't get that done at your primary care doctor, then you mm. can schedule one with your OB and they'll do all of that, like the breast exam, the pelvic exam. Your pap smear. Well, I know there's drama in the insurance world. Oh uh, my gosh! Yeah, brought to light by I think Juliana Rancic was one of the first big people to really talk about it. But she caught breast cancer early because she demanded a mammogram, oh. and her insurance was like, "We're not going to cover a mammogram. You, you're too young." Yeah, and she did have breast cancer. That's wild. Um, so I know I don't know what the actual age when they're like, "You should start getting." I've never gotten a mammogram. Yeah, I've never had so one. I'm like, oh. And there's certain insurances where you can only like you have to go to your like HMOs. Like what my sister I think has an HMO, and she like cannot go to a specialist unless her primary care doctor gives her a referral. Okay. Yeah, which is kind of frustrating because if you already know like you have you have a broken leg, you're like, or you need you tore your meniscus, you're like, okay, I need to go to someone other than my primary care doctor. And sometimes my friend recently tore her meniscus Ouch. and was on like a one month waiting list to see her primary care doctor. And I was like, can you see if you can like see them on telehealth so you can get the referral to see your, mm-hmm. the next specialist to kind of help you with everything. And yeah, insurance is, I mean, the American healthcare system, as we know, is very frustrating <laughs> and very complicated. And I think yeah. it's designed that way. Very so, broken. <laughs> very broken. So... But we're not here to talk about insurance. Yeah. Don't get us fired up in that way. I know. We know it sucks. But yeah, get your blood test done if you can. Mm-hmm. Get your annual visits. Annual visits are important. Those are usually to... covered by insurance at least one a year. Yes, definitely. Fingers crossed, depending on what you have. I had hit by the bus insurance for a little while and... That was a no doctor zone for me. Really? <laughs> yeah. It was when, well, because Obamacare covered you until you were, what, 24, 25? Mm-hmm. Um, and my like 26. Parents, 26. My parents retired when I was 21. Oh. Um, and that is when I learned that Obamacare no longer covers you if your parents <laughs> aren't working because my parents didn't have health care through their employers anymore. Oh, my God. So I had to go into the marketplace. Uh, into thanks, the workforce. Thanks, Obama. Thanks. <laughs> um, but yeah, for the year I had, I had 
I think I had two years hit by the bus and then I skipped a year, which I don't recommend doing. Oh, wow. You have to pay a fee. Oh. But it was what I could afford at the time. So I was like, I'm just going to pay the fee. I haven't gone to the doctor in the last two years. I'm just going to cross my fingers and hope, which I think is honestly what a lot of people do, unfortunately, because it is literally so expensive. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah. Wow. I'm glad you were covered. I'm glad you were covered. I had that hit by the bus. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if that's the technical name for it, but basically you read. It's like you can't go to a doctor unless you're hit by a bus. Yeah. Um, okay. So what else, what other screenings hearing, they do that when you're younger. And I think that's like every 10 years vision, vision vision is like for me yearly for you with (gasps) 2020 vision. Oh my God. I went to get my first eye exam when Mm -hmm. I was like 21, 22 Mm -hmm. because I was getting migraines and they thought I couldn't see. And I was like, I'm telling you, I can see, I read a lot. Mm -hmm. And they were like, no, maybe you can't see. They were like, when's the last time you had your vision tested? And I had to ask when you stopped doing it in school. Yeah. And it was like elementary school because I haven't, yeah, I haven't had a vision or hearing test since then. Yeah. So it was like 20 years, <laughs> like 15 years. That's pretty common though. Cause like once and the, like I started having vision problems when I was like in first grade. So obviously mm-hmm. naturally it was like a yearly thing. Same with I, Keith. Yeah. Yeah. Like I started wearing glasses like very early on. Still do. Um, and my vision just started slowing down. I think I had like a 0.5 or not even like a slight change, not even mm-hmm. a 0.5% that um, changed in my vision last year. And I think when you approach 30s, that's when your vision kind of just stays put unless you get some sort of other complication. Yeah, that's true. But your Always prescription, yeah, your prescription should change. Yeah, so your vision, all those things. Yeah. Keeping stress tests for when you're an, ad- an adult, and like when you're an adult. Yeah. When you're like older, like Coronary tests are like 40s or 50s, colonoscopies for... I think it's technically 50s, but if you have any sort of family disposition, I talked about this on the podcast earlier this year. I had to get my first colonoscopy at age 29, 29. My God. Yeah, just because I had a family history. And then my sisters ended up having both uh, polyps that that were removed. And I was the only one who didn't get polyps removed. And theirs were precancerous. (gasps) Yeah. You hate to hear it. I hate it. Yeah. So, But glad they got it removed. Yeah. And it's like a very easy screening test to do to kind of... Address out. that sort of colon cancer, which is yeah. great. That's cray cray. Yeah. That's cray cray. Well, let's move on, Margaret. Let's do <laughs> it. There's like a bunch let's of other stuff. Let's move on from colonoscopies. Colonoscopies. Um, let's move on to a little bit more of like a self-care vibe, you okay. know? Because um, health and wellness isn't all just going to your doctor. It's also Mm-mm. what you do outside of your doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any unique self-care ideas for budget conscious people that are not just take a bath, meditate or walk. Yeah. Yeah. What um, can we do? I feel like I'm in that category of you're like, like, what I, do I do? I know you hate yeah. self-help books. I, I Well, I liked Kelsey's. <laughs> I thought hers was really good, but yeah. I'm really not a self-help type gal. Self-help yeah. book person and meditating. No, uh, not something for you. in it like hurts my brain. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious if you are the same rainy cuz we're very similar. Oh in, yeah. Certain ways, yeah. So I'm like meditating, like honestly, like makes me feel like ill. I actually, I know, I can't believe I've never heard that before, but it totally, it gives me like a headache. Mm -hmm. Really, it's like really, and I'm just, yeah, yeah. That's funny because I've always been like, oh, I'm just like bad at it or like incompetent, but maybe it's like actually (laughs) incompetent. Yeah, that's what I was like. I was like, oh, maybe there is a reason. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, meditating is too hard. Yeah, it is really hard to sit there and be still. I get that. I will either zone out or I'll fall asleep. 
but <laughs> it takes practice. I know it helps for a lot of people. So yeah, don't want to nix that. And then all self-help books, I guess they're not all created equally, and I can understand why some of them get a little cringe, but um, <laughs> like Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, I loved that book. I don't know if that's necessarily like any, I don't know. I just, I liked the perspective. I liked reading it. It was fun. Um, what else? There's also some journals like, um, there's anti-anxiety journals that have like really, uh, interesting anxiety prompts. Mm. Um, I bought one and I haven't used it yet, but I bought it like a couple weeks ago. Um, and it came in the mail. So I will report back and let you know if that my anti-anxiety journal is helping, but it just like helps with mindfulness and like giving yourself time, carved out time to reflect mm-hmm. is sometimes helpful for someone who has just a very fast paced brain and doesn't know how to slow down. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? I guess it's not just all bubble bath and it can look different for each person. Like something that's going to help me feel calm, maybe completely different from something that you would do. Like, Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Just like your hobbies and pastimes, even though it doesn't look like self care, even though it's, you're not like, going to the spa like if that's (laughs) enjoyable for you and you can find a place where you get into the flow a flow state Mm -hmm. and you're enjoying what you're doing you feel kind of proud of what you're doing I feel like that is self-care oh yeah even just like taking five minutes like making a nice little cup of tea or having like an ice cold glass of water yeah because we're all dehydrated bitches out here yeah that's another (laughs) thing self-care is staying hydrated yeah just as i sit here with my three beverages yeah Yeah. taking time to just sit yeah if you have that time i feel like there are times where it's really hard to remember to like absolutely slow down because you're like i gotta go i gotta do this i gotta do yeah. I got so many things to do. There is so many things. And like sometimes you prioritize sleep. Prioritizing sleep is self-care. Like sometimes yeah. like you feel like you have to like, I got to wake up and I have to like work out and I have to meditate and stuff. But like sometimes just taking extra time to do whatever your body needs, that is self-care. You oh, don't yeah. necessarily need to be tied down to, I don't know, um, what wellness bloggers on the internet tell you that self-care is and like buying yeah. crazy supplements and buying $18 smoothies. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember my therapist told me once I was telling her, um, Oh, I think I nap too much. Cause I really like, I'm a big napper. Like I probably take a nap a day. Mm-hmm. Um, if not a nap every other day. And she was like, well, are you still getting your work done? And I was like, yeah. She's like, are you still maintaining like relationships with the rest of the people in your world? You know, your life? I was like, yeah. yeah. She's like, so what's wrong with taking a 20 minute nap? Yeah. She's like, it was just cause you feel like you're not being productive. Your body's telling you it wants to take a nap. Yeah. You're just so like, why not just do it? If it's not harmful. Yeah. You know, and you're getting everything else done. What's the And you were like problem? early bird. You're like 6 a.m. Yeah, right on true. the dot. So I think that you can afford a nap sometimes. Oh, you're not yeah. like, you know. Yeah. It's what but I think it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, listen to your body. Yeah. See what it says. Retrain your brain. Yeah. Naps aren't bad. Naps aren't bad. We love naps. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like, do you feel like the world of like social media has kind of like restructured how we think about health and wellness Absolutely. just because of like, I mean, doctors are on TikTok now, mm-hmm. not doctors are on TikTok now, Yeah, you know, I feel like it's really easy to like get into a space where there's like, sadly, a lot of like misinformation mm-hmm. and a lot of the things, I don't know, at the end of the day, social media is like a marketing tool too. So just be a little like conscious whenever you're just buying into something and make Mm -hmm. sure, oh, is this person like trying to sell me something? Number one, Um, like what is this person's like 
background is mm-hmm. also very important. Um, but yeah, there's just a lot of like wellness fads that have come and go. Like I'm trying to think of ones when we were like in middle school. I think like when a couple of years ago, like those tummy time teas were really, really big. Oh my God, I laxative those. teas. Yeah. Yes. I don't like those. The Kardashians love them. <laughs> <laughs> I remember getting like DMs in my, uh, yes, us getting DMs are like, well, would you like to do a branded post for this like laxative tea? And I'm like, I was like, no, no I can shit my pants on my own. Thank you very much. <laughs> I don't need your tea to do it. <laughs> yeah. But I, I feel like those are kind of harmful. Yeah, um, I like following this one TikToker. Her name is like Food Science Babe. Uh, she's really knowledgeable and she debunks a lot of like the misinformation about like pre- preservatives and food. And oh, like there's that. a lot of like fear mongering related to all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there's like a cosmetic person. That's, oh, like, yeah. Also Char- Charlotte. Um Palmer, mm-hmm. Paul. I don't. I don't remember her last name. I'm really yeah. bad at names. Um, but she's the founder of Do Skincare, and she's oh, yeah. really, really knowledgeable. And I've also started following some cosmetic chemists. Oh, just to be like, What's okay, co- yeah, how how is this made? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I feel like especially like I had such a background in like clean, quote unquote, clean beauty. Yeah, yeah, from yeah. the store I worked at, that it was like a very mild form of brainwashing. Yeah, I mean, I was like, be suspicious of everything, and I'm I, like, okay, fucking. This person has like no degree in science, zero background. Yeah. <laughs> Why am I listening to them? <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. And I think that like even the, the term wellness sometimes make me go, uh, mm-hmm. but maybe we can rephrase it. And Are there any rec- trends that you've seen on the internet or trends are just like not even trend, but like advice or anything like that, that you have seen on social media that you've been like, wow, that is really good advice or like, wow, I'm glad other people get to hear this. There's one like medical physician that'll take like TikTok clips and it'll just be from like wellness fads and stuff. And he'll just like break it down, which I find very fascinating. I forget his name, but he's very good. All right. Hmm. Moving off of social media because we're on there enough. Am I right, ladies? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Um, uh, As we talked about this, we're all dehydrated bitches. Margaret. How much water should we drink daily? What is it? What is the water? What, what is, is the enough? water? T- it just what is, is enough? There is like a formula based on your weight. Um, but I think typically it's between two and three liters for like, yeah, it's a lot of water. <laughs> it's a lot of water. Tips. Like 1.5 to three liters, I would say. So <laughs> sip of my water. Now. I know. And they say not to, I mean, I used to be really bad at the hospital. I would have my one liter bottle and then when I would have like one little moment I would guzzle like the entire thing that's what I do is that bad for you it's not bad for you per se but it's not the best way to hydrate shit I know (laughs) so I've just been trying to drink at least one cup with like every meal and then remembering when I am snacking too because snacks typically are in between meals and stuff like that Mm -hmm. Um, but it's better it's honestly the best way to tell if you're hydrated just look in the toilet if your pee is orange brown that's an uh-oh. That's an uh-oh. But I also heard pure, like, clear, because for a while I was doing the guzzle method. Yeah. Every time I saw my water bottle, I think I talked about it on here before, I would just chug as much water could go in my body. Yeah. At that time, and I was peeing nothing. It was like, <laughs> pee, like the water was not staying clear in me at all. Yeah. And I heard that was also not great for you, because it meant you weren't retaining anything. Yeah. But I don't know if that's true. I mean, more water, <laughs> actually more, you can also, like, be drinking too much water but not to the point where you're gonna give you're gonna put yourself into like 
hyponatremia, which is like basically oh, yeah. low sodium levels. But um, more water is better than no water at all. You but heard it here first. Folks. You heard it here. <laughs> Turn around and look in the toilet. You also have to remember that your pee is also diluted by the amount of water in the toilet. So if your pee is that brown, oh. it's actually more brown. Oh, that's a really good point. Yeah. It's more brown than you think. So you keep saying brown. And I'm like, I've been, thank God my pee's never been brown. <laughs> not, but <laughs> It's not actually brown, but I just get, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm a, a very dramatic person. I'm like, oh my God, it's brown. But... <laughs> Yeah, drink water. Drink I water. I always think of the first time I tried um, Azo for a UTI. Oh, my God. And if you don't read the instructions where it tells you that your pee is going to look like pumpkin color, <laughs> it was very like, <laughs> I looked in the toilet and was like, I'm dying. Yeah, there's certain medications. I'm from the that- inside. <laughs> Certain medications will do that too. So yeah, just read the the read warning the labels. Label, warning labels. <laughs> yeah, it's important. Also, sorry for calling everyone bitches, but sorry, sorry. Oh, Margaret, this is a good one from all of our newly work from home people. Oh. Do you have any tips for sitting in front of a computer screen all day? Mm. Um, working from home, definitely make sure that your space is conducive to good posture and like they call it like you can take like ergonomic workshops maybe your work offers them and you can have someone meet you on zoom and tell you how to like set up your space and your keyboard at the correct angle also another my my older sister actually works from home and Mm. um she basically she says like the time that she would normally be using to commute from work she'll either like meal prep or do something to take care of herself like stretching or like yeah, that is such a good idea. Yeah, she's like, it's a non-negotiable. Like, I would have been driving anyway, so I think it's important instead of me snoozing up until, like, five minutes before I need to, like, <laughs> hop on a Zoom call, like, I need to hold myself accountable and be like, okay, I should be driving, so, like, this is what I'm going to do for myself to set up my day. Because if you crash into that. your mornings, some people are really good at crashing into their mm-hmm. days. Like, other people are a little bit more sensitive, and they're like, whoa, I need, like, a moment, and I need a second. Yeah. Um, but doing... Setting up your day in a way that you're going to succeed. So if that's meal prepping for you, if that's meditating for you. um, I like stretching. That's such a good idea. Yeah. I have a Pilates app on my phone that I love. And the sessions are only like some of the shortest ones I've seen are like eight minutes. And they go all the way to like 40 minutes. And some of them are pretty difficult. Some of them are actually very easy and it feels more like meditative and stretching to me. Yeah. Um, and I like starting up my morning with that. And sometimes I even just do it in my PJs. Like I know that exercise sometimes for a lot of people is like just getting over the mental hurdle that like, oh, I have to put on my workout clothes. Oh, I have to put on my shoes. I need to drive to the gym. I need to do this and this. But like trying to make it as easy as possible is you're more likely to stick with it. And then you can like work your way up if you're like feeling like unchallenged and sort of not make it a huge mental hurdle. Yeah. Is like a good, um, that app that I found was really great for that. Yeah. I remember there's one, I think I've mentioned it before. I don't Mm. know if I saw it on TikTok, probably (laughs) on TikTok, but a girl was just saying that she, um, Oh, she goes to the gym for 10 minutes is what she calls it. She's like, I'll work out for 10 minutes. And if I really don't want to work out after 10 minutes, then I won't work out after 10 minutes. Yeah. But more times than not, she finds she'll just keep going. It's just that first 10 minutes of like getting started is really hard. And I feel like I get in that headspace. Yeah. A lot where I'm like, no. Getting back into running. Like I do enjoy (laughs) running, but like uh, sometimes I will fall out of it and have to go back into it. And I was like, I don't have to run for like an hour straight. Like you can run for like 
12 minutes, five yeah. minutes, and then slowly work, <laughs> work your way up. If you're me, I run for two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's as much and as And I'm like, I'm walking my dog anyway. Like, that's I'll be true. like fully in just like out in clothes. And I'm like, come on, boy, we're running. <laughs> Let's go. We're taking a sprint. Yeah. He's always down. Maggie's so. health advice is get a dog. <laughs> <laughs> They'll make get you walk. a dog. Yeah. Um, I feel like this is a really good question from someone. We're going back into like the the health aspect of it. Mm. Um, this one is specifically about painful cramps, but I feel like we could kind of expand it on painful anything. Yeah. Um, but this one is asking, when should you be worried if your pain level isn't normal? Mm. When to know? When it's... Yeah. When I feel to know like it's when it's starting to, to like impede with your day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. Like I have very painful cramps to the point where I would have to call out from school. I'd have to call out from work. And I thought that was normal for the longest time because my periods when I first started weren't like that. And then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden when I hit like 26, I'm like, why all of a sudden it hurts so much? Yeah, I don't understand. Um, And I feel like a lot of people are told to just live with pain. Mm -hmm. But I feel like if it's starting to impact your relationships and your function, I feel like that's when you should seek um help and yeah. hopefully you come you go to a person that will listen to you because i know it's sometimes really hard to be heard yeah. i don't think that you should just i feel like a lot of people our age will be like well it'll be it'll start off little and they'll just mm-hmm. kind of like accept things as they go like a lot of my friends are having like gi issues and it'll start small and then they i'll be talking to them they're like oh yeah i'm like having horrible GI issues and I've just kind of come to accept that and I'm like what that's not no you're gonna throw yourself you're gonna become dehydrated like it's not good to just accept um just like having stomach upset like every single day yeah I feel like I was the opposite of you I had really really painful cramps when I was younger Mm -hmm. and then once I started birth control and I got older, they got less painful. Mm. But my mom and grandma also had really horrific bad. cramps. Like I also would just stay home from school. Yeah. And they all did the same. And I feel like you kind of have those older people in your life telling you to like, oh, no, this is just normal. This is what I had. So it's all totally yeah. fine. And you look to people in your family because usually you'll, you're will you sort of similar. Yeah. 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 Um, but things that help, heating pads, love a good heating pad. Love heating pads. Big fan. Um, pamperin helps for some people. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I take pamperin and it doesn't work at all. Sometimes I take it and it does. Um, I but like basic, Midol. Midol's Midol great. Is really nice. Yeah. I take a leave. Sometimes that's a pretty stronger, mm-hmm. it's like naproxen. But it's basically when you have cramps, it's, a, it's prostaglandins that's like helping your blood and it goes like it's your you're shedding. So mm-hmm. it's just um, pain from that, but it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be crazy. Like I have coworkers that are like, Oh yeah, I just started. They're like, your, your, your cramps are that painful. I'm like, yes, they hurt so bad. Yes, it's very bad. I know <laughs> my last one, I was like sitting with a friend at dinner. I'm like, I'm so uncomfortable. I don't know what to do, but yeah, I'll let you know. I'll report back to the podcast <laughs> if I ever find something that like helps, but yeah, yeah. just kind of, Relaxing if you can. Yeah. Maybe taking a bath if you can. Mm-hmm. If any of those are possible. Yeah. Meds if you can. Yeah. 
They Ooh, say it never feels good to you. They say like exercise d- can help because it like helps increase your Ugh. metabolic rate and like helps circulation. <laughs> but I'm like, oh. I could not imagine. <laughs> I think like before. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. was like, oh my God. Imagine <laughs> not you're just lying during... on the floor, like doing the classic holding your knees. Yeah. They, and then being like, okay, someone yeah, has I'm go told lift me to do <laughs> like sit ups. And I'm like, I could, <laughs> I would rather die. Oh my God. Yeah. I feel like it's too late now. Too late. Yeah. I feel like what you said earlier, too, about um, hopefully you go to someone who believes you about what your pain is. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's becoming more common to talk about, especially with people getting IUDs. Mm. And like, I didn't even know asking for any sort of pain, pain no. management was a possibility when I first got yeah. mine. And that was fully the worst pain I've ever been in in my life. Oh, yeah. And I feel like if if this was for men, I feel like men would absolutely ask for any sort of pain medicine. Like, the heck? So can you just ask for pain meds whenever? Mm. Or what's the etiquette? What's the etiquette on, like, this is scary or I think this is going to hurt. Can I have? Because I've never... I feel like offered. I just ask, no, I have, yeah, such doctor anxiety. I ask like nothing. I hope that this next generation, I feel like they are getting better in comparison to like our parents' generation where mm-hmm. they're just like, oh, just suck it up and blah, blah, blah. But uh, I didn't even, I was never offered at my OB. I think that's a new <gasps> practice, but there's been like certain, certain, my, some of my friends like actually had like LASIK surgery. One of them was offered something to help them with anxiety and then the other one was not oh but she their words of advice to me was like if they offer it to you ask or maybe just ask just knowing that yeah I am an anxious person my other friend who did not take it is not an anxious person she's mm-hmm. like whoa that was a lot for me like well, well I, yeah someone's coming like, into your eyeball yeah she's like she's pretty chill she's probably one of the it. she's a nurse she's like never phased by anything and she also she was like that was a lot for me yeah, so it can never hurt to ask. Yeah. They'll, they could say no. They could say no. This is like, is this a common thing? You can ask and be like, is this a common thing that people get anxious about? And knowing yourself, I'm like, am I an anxious person? Yeah. Should I ask? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Anything that like makes the procedure a lot less traumatic. Yeah. We love. <laughs> we love to see it. <laughs> we love, yeah. I was never anxious <clears throat> about going to the dentist when I was a child at all. I recently started becoming more anxious because my dad was like, yeah, because they gave you laughing gas like every single time you had a cleaning (gasps) or like any single time or not, (laughs) maybe not a cleaning, but like uh, definitely when I had, I had a, I had quite a bit of cavities when I was a child, but I loved going to the dentist. I got like (gasps) prizes. I got flavored toothpaste as an adult. Scary. Yeah, I don't like, I'm not a doctor person. I don't like going to the doctor. I always, I think there's something like also about knowing yourself Mm. and letting the doctors know kind of who you are. Because I always got, I always have to get my blood pressure read twice because usually it's high because I'm nervous. So you're like holding your When I first go in, but one time I was on medication that did actually make my blood pressure high. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, no, it's it's this always happens and they yeah. did it like five times and they were like um no it was <laughs> this too is hot. not normal oh <laughs> yeah but thankfully a very easy fix with just getting off the medication but mm-hmm. i feel like having that knowledge when i go in to be like okay i'm going to tell them yeah <laughs> prep myself okay you have to do it twice yeah <laughs> whatever your first reading is it's not going to be right but at the end it'll be right yeah <laughs> it's also helpful to talk to anyone who's like had i mean support groups are very helpful even mm-hmm. if it's like someone who has gone through something similar just having someone to talk to is also very helpful 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you stay away from, because I find myself doom scrolling a lot. Mm. Like, I know I kind of shit talk Reddit a lot, but I'm also on there, like, looking up medical things, like, all the time. Because it's usually people who are very passionate about whatever um, yeah. sort of I don't, topic that you're looking into, whether yeah. it's gardening or it's medical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? And I feel like I talk to you about this where I'm like, I feel like my doctor is very chill sometimes when she says things. Yeah. And then I go on Reddit and I'm like, I'm dying. Oh, no. <laughs> this is. I'm this is this is the worst diagnosis ever yeah like how do you fight yourself I mean well knowledge is power you're educated so that probably helps. knowledge is power <laughs> knowledge sometimes makes you I mean if you it can make you a little bit more anxious but yeah. I think um what's the general rule of doom scrolling let yourself do it for like five minutes and then get off or I think it's stay just away a, from the internet I feel like entirely. you have good critical thinking <laughs> skills when you're not gonna go to just like that's true uh random website and like look at some random blog and be like this is fact and yeah. like reject uh standard medical practice <laughs> in relation to what you need but I feel like generally trust your medical practitioner ask good questions write them down so you don't forget um because at the end of the day you are you are your own self advocate if there's someone that you know who has gone through a similar experience, ask them about their experience. Um, but try not to doom scroll too much. <laughs> I know it's scary because there's like, there's always that point one chance of something going wrong and people will talk about it. And it's good to know those risks going into things, but not to the point where you're just going to like focus on it and kind of spiral in that way. Yeah. I know that's like kind of like a general thing because like I don't know exactly yeah. like what it is <laughs> what the person's doom scrolling. dooming scrolling yeah. about. Like it's like a completely different other story. If you are going to the doctor, you're complaining of this thing, they're saying no and you're doom scrolling and yeah, you're like, these are my symptoms. The internet says it's this. You're <laughs> saying it's nothing. What would your advice be for someone? Because I know like um, – Again, with the rise of social media, you hear more people talking about, especially women of color and especially plus size yeah. women, of not being believed when they're at the doctor. Yeah. Like, is it uh, a good idea for people to ask to have their requests written down if mm. they're denied? Oh, yeah. There is. Like, a are way. there things like that that you could do to kind of be like, okay, here are all the times that I asked you to check this for me? Yeah. So that it can kind of be traced back to. Yeah. I don't know. Within, like, the electronic medical record, mm-hmm. be like, can you just uh, maybe document in my chart that I'm concerned about this? Mm-hmm. You're acknowledging and saying that it's not this and this is what we've done to conclude yes or no. Yeah. I feel like the paper trail. And I think that a lot of uh, you can request your medical records now and just make sure that all the I's and T's are being crossed and they're documenting exactly what's going on because mm-hmm. – I have been in a situation where they were lying about what was going mm-hmm. on with one of my family members in relation to, to their help. But I was asking for something. I was asking for something. They were telling me no. They were telling me no. They said that I came in for something else. And it was like a very frustrating situation. And I think and it ended up being okay. But I have been in a situation where I haven't felt heard. And it is like a very frustrating situation to be in. Yeah. I like in any frustrating world, in any profession, Mm -hmm. any job, Mm -hmm. write things down. Write things down. If you can, like, send your doctor an email, if that's possible on whatever your network is, Mm -hmm. write it down. Get it in writing Mm -hmm. because 
people can't walk back once they put it in writing and they can't say, oh, I never said that or I never did this. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I want this written down. (laughs) Yeah, there's portals. I don't think they have a portal. I mean, yeah, not every every healthcare healthcare system provides it. But if yours does, put that shit somewhere. Yeah, because sometimes they won't give out their work emails and want Mm -hmm. everything because they don't want people writing in on the email being like, help, I'm like pooping blood um what do i do <laughs> what do i do hours later help help yeah they don't want like emergency medical yeah. questions through there but yeah writing things down is very helpful if you need to go in with someone who will advocate for you that's also i wish there was like more of a patient advocate especially like as our parents get older i know there's like a lot yeah. of elderly people with not a lot of family i wish there was more like patient advocates that there was like a service for that just because like having that understanding and being on the other end of it like I just think of my heart breaks for other people not understanding certain like how medical systems work and oh yeah yeah every doctor or most doctors I've gone to have been okay with me bringing someone in the room Mm -hmm. and especially um this I hope no one needs to use this but what I found really helpful I was like, oh, this is, I like that this is offered Mm -hmm. is when I was getting my IUD looked at and I brought Keith with me Mm. because he was a little more nervous about it than I was. And I was like, no, 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 I just, this happens. It's fine. Um, He came with me and they took me in a separate room Mm. to ask me if I was there under duress or anything like that. So if you need that sort of help, know that that's available, but I hope no one needs that sort of help. But I was like, wow, that's really nice that they offered, that they were just checking. Yeah, to make sure. that no one's okay. forcing you to be here. That you don't want to be. You want everyone in the room with you here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. important. They will do that during screening tests now. They have like certified, um, <clears throat> I forget what they call them. But basically, let's say you're having like an invasive procedure, like mm. a pap smear, and you're, you want someone else in the room so it's not just you yeah. and the person performing it. They have people on staff that you're like, hey, can I ask for a witness? Oh, that's And they'll just stand in the back of the room and make sure that you feel comfortable and safe. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Especially, I get more anxious when I'm at like a doctor's office and it's a male doctor. Mm. I know that's probably sexist, but (laughs) I really like having female doctors. I had a a male, they asked a male student if he could come in during my IUD insertion Mm. and I literally Uh. like laughed in their face. I was like, are you out of your mind does anyone say yes to that and they're like well they have to learn and i'm like they can learn on someone oh else my it's God. not me it was me this is not i've been asked. more comfy for me yeah i said yes because i was like i had yeah people in my nursing school rotation that were in their ob rotation and nobody wanted them in the room and i get it yeah i get it it's hard it's hard it's hard yeah. to say yes to those things oh yeah you're like i know you need training yeah. Can it be with someone else? Yeah. But I was I was in the situation I was like, well, I know people aren't gonna let them in in their labor because that is so personal. You can watch me get a bath. Oh my God, right? <laughs> it's cool. It's chill. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah, I would probably say no if it was labor, especially a first labor. That's a lot. Yeah, just yeah. to have like strangers in the room. Yeah. <laughs> Second child, maybe we'll we'll talk. Slides right out. I know. No, you're like, just kidding. I've done just this kidding. before. We know it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Another question from the audience. Mm-hmm. The audience wanted to know, which I'm also very curious, which vitamins are actually worth taking? Yeah. I mean, vitamins are good. I mean, I definitely feel like they sometimes uh, pose themselves as this like miracle thing that 100%. can solve all your problems. And um, if... You should be getting all your vitamins and minerals if you are eating 
in your food. A lot of foods mm-hmm. on the grocery shelves are fortified with vitamins and minerals. That being said, a lot of people are, are deficient in iron mm-hmm. and vitamin D and other B vitamins sometimes. And it's important for those yearly blood tests to look at your levels, see if that you if you are deficient in anything, mm-hmm. and then work with your doctors to supplement those. Okay. Yeah. You should be getting most things from your food, but if mm-hmm. there are things like vitamin D is like a very important one. I'm mm-hmm. actually deficient in both vitamin D and iron. Like I have okay. anemia as well. Um, uh, iron deficiency anemia is like pretty common. I think it's like 25% of the population <gasps> are iron have iron deficiency anemia. What do we do, Maggie? What do we do I to know, fix this? Is I it know. vitamins? I what it, else is it other than spinach? You can take um <laughs> you can take iron supplements, but iron supplements are sometimes really tough on your tummy. Oh. They make you constipated. You can sometimes have like black, not black, but like hard poops. So it's important to um it depends on the dose too. And it depends on the supplement, but they say to drink orange juice whenever you're taking an iron supplement. Sometimes if you're not tolerating those, they will sometimes give you IV depending on how severe your anemia is. Um, What else? Uh, If you eat meats, they say red meats and organ meats are probably the best for iron. They also say like spinach and broccoli and stuff. I think it only like depending on like the – the one serving, it only gives you like five to like 10% of your daily value. You should be, there's other like kidney beans give you more, like a lot more Ooh. than um, beans, beans, the magical fruit. Beans, beans. Um, a lot of cereals are fortified with iron too. So if you like cereal, you can have some with your yogurt in the morning and some orange juice. So how do we know? How do we know? There's so many options out there, Maggie. Yeah. How do I know which one to take. I would. Work with your doctor to see if you are vitamin deficient in anything. Multivitamins, I feel like there's not mm. really a harm in taking those. Like I take a daily multivitamin. It's fine. It's like more so like the – like you could be sometimes – the only thing with like multivitamins is like you could be taking a multivitamin mm. if you also <clears throat> think that you would like a vitamin like B like a B-complex vitamin. Mm. Sometimes you're getting way too much. Like there was one time when I was taking a B-complex and a multivitamin and I did my blood panel and my doctor was like, your vitamin B is- You are overdoing it. Like way too high. You know what? Not a migraine insight, Margaret. Yeah. migraine insight. And lots of energy. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, just be mindful whenever you're taking more than like several that you're not like taking- yeah, an abundance of them. A lot of them are excreted through your urine because they're water soluble. Some of them are fat soluble. So, just be mindful. Be just mindful. Be mindful. Talk to a doctor. Talk yeah. to friends. Yeah, I like that. I talk to my and friends. And don't feel and I'm bad. Like, what brand do you take? Yeah, <laughs> and don't feel bad if you like the, you're not taking multivitamins. I go through stints where I'm not. I forget to take my multivitamin. Mm-hmm. You're not missing out on anything. You should be getting like eat. Focus on eating whole foods and good, and getting all your vitamins and minerals through your food. And you should be great. You should be you should be primo, great. baby. Yeah, take care of yourself. Eat those whole foods, which we definitely do all the time. Yeah. I did not have a box of mac and cheese for dinner last night. Hey. No, I mean, heck no, heck baby. No, heck no. Everything in moderation. Everything. Everything is like dose specific. You can you can have mac and cheese. Yeah, and you have mac and cheese for a whole month. That's probably not so good. That sounds like a challenge. That's probably and not so good. And now I kind of want to see if I can do it. Because <laughs> I think maybe yes. Yes. <laughs> that sounds delicious. 
Um, Margaret, as a professional nurse, mm -hmm. do you have any advice? I know you've given some before on the podcast to people who want to be nurses. Mm -hmm. um, I know there's like a nursing shortage forever. Yeah. It seems like there's never enough nurses. A lot I'm, of floaters hanging out out there. Lots of floaters, lots um, of travelers. Especially post, Not, I mean, we're still in COVID. It's yes. still the pandemic. But especially the new world we live in with COVID existing. Yeah. And that was very different from probably when you went to college and started working. Yeah. Any advice for the noobs out there? New nurses? We're talking about new nurses. Let's talk yeah, let's say you've you've graduated your new nurse. Mm -hmm. You're going in, in this world where we now have COVID. Yeah. Um so a lot of things are changing. I know our hospital system really never recovered and it was mm -hmm. never really set up to grapple. <clears throat> A worldwide pandemic, so it is. It's tough out there, mm -hmm. but as hard as uh, nursing has been through all of this, I would never uh, want to swap out the knowledge that I have from being a nurse. I feel like it is very. It's helped me a lot. It will continue to help me a lot. Like a lot of family members have relied on me, and a lot of friends. Whenever their family member are going through things, they'll check in mm -hmm. with me, FaceTime, video calls, and just like having that basis of understanding of how that works is actually really helpful and rewarding to be able to get to help people through all of that is incredible. Um, as far as the working environment, um, becoming a new nurse is very stressful. It's a big learning curve. It's like learning a new language. Um, my word of advice it would only be temporary, but going in a little bit before shift to get all your information squared away. I know some shifts are crazy and longer than 12 hours, but setting myself up and understanding and reading ahead of like what was going on and understanding where my resources were and where things were, where the supply room was, because I was a floater for my first two years um, before I got my RN license. I worked as a float care partner, which is like a, basically a nurse's assistant and like understanding where the flow of the floor was, was like really helpful. Um, and don't be afraid to like find, not find, but like understand who your resources are. I know some people are more helpful than others. Finding people that are within your um, kind of where you started. So like within your same year, within like a year or two, they understand and are more connected to where you are in your nursing journey. I know this is like the same for a lot of, um, like for teachers as well. Like, yeah. Yeah. Understanding uh, like another who, undervalued, undervalued person in <laughs> starting to come up on a shortage yeah. of <laughs> profession. Yeah. yeah. And, um, it is like it takes a village to like run an entire floor of a hospital. So making sure that you are working within a team. Um, and I mean, there's sometimes there's crazy shifts where you don't have a chance to check in on your coworkers. But I mean, when you are able to, you absolutely should because the favor will be returned. And that's just kind of how we make it work. Yeah. That's how it ha that's how it has to go. Sometimes you get like a very hard demanding assignment other mm -hmm. days like maybe your patient's having a better day and they don't have as much going on with them and you can help out your coworker. That's just kind of how yeah. it goes. Now. Do you have any advice for I mean this could be said for every profession, but I feel like especially those in medical professions or um like first responders things like that. Do you have any advice for leaving work at home and not carrying 
maybe what you've seen <gasps> during the day or what oh. you felt during the day, bringing that home with you. Yeah. Do you it's have any hard. tips for separating the it's work, hard. work life balance? It's hard. There's a, there's a, there was a lot of shifts I would leave and I would text the, like the, either the night nurse or the day nurse, depending on what shift I was on and asking like, what, en- what ended up happening? Like, that's like the whole reason you got into the mm-hmm. field is because you care. So it is really hard to separate that. Um, what were some things that you do when you get home? I know you take off all your dirty, dirty clothes. Yeah, take off my dirty outside clothes. the door, <laughs> collapse. Yeah, take a shower. And sometimes it was like after those long shift, it was like really hard to even do anything for myself. But I would try and eat a little bit. But I mm-hmm. immediately had to go to sleep because if you have a shift the next day, you have to like wake up immediately. Yeah. Um, I had some coworkers that if they weren't on the next day, they would like. I had one coworker who would garden for like hours after a 12 hour shift. Oh I was like, gosh. you were great. Some people liked working out after a shift. Some people liked working out before shift, mm. how they did that. I don't know. <laughs> um, but just finding kind of what adds value to your, like what makes you feel more like a human being. I mean, mm-hmm. I love my job. I, there were some days where I was like, Oh, I couldn't imagine myself doing anything else. And there's some d- days that were really hard but just finding things that kind of fulfill you in a different way is also because you're not at the end of the day, it doesn't have to be your entire life. Like you can have other hobbies outside to make you feel like more of a whole person Mm -hmm. is also okay. Yeah. Yeah, You could be a multi-hyphenate. Yeah. You don't have to just be a nurse. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Margaret, this has been beautiful. (laughs) All of your advice. We love it. Do you have any last, lasting words that you would like people to either hear or know about the health and wellness space in general? I feel like life is stressful. You are your own advocate. Make sure that you're penciling in time to take care of yourself because no one's going to take care of you if you don't. So learn practicing those habits. Learn taking time for yourself. Um, Learn to like carve out anything that helps you be your best self. I know that sounds so corny. Your best self. I know it's it's easy to lose yourself uh, amongst like family obligations and work. But if you don't practice those things early on, it just gets harder and harder to do as you take on more responsibilities and navigate through the many years of life. Well, that was an absolutely lovely conversation, Margaret. I'm so glad we got to have it. (laughs) Um, We love doing these Ask the Experts. We're actually going to have one of Maggie's friends on Mm -hmm. in the future. It Mm -hmm. was supposed to be today, but then it got a little postponed. Um, She's going to be our expert in fashion. Fashion. So if you're not following us on Instagram, go ahead and follow us. Make sure you're following Rainy. Um, We always ask these Ask the Expert (laughs) type questions Mm -hmm. on our personal Instagrams. Yep. So follow along for the journey. We're going to have so many more for you. Mm-hmm. Make sure you're sending us emails. We love to read them. Don't forget, put in the subject line kind of like a little one sentence about what it's about. Yep. Um, and yeah, make sure you're washing your hands, um, being nice to people, wearing your mask, get vaccinated and boosted mm-hmm. for all the things you need to get vaccinated and boosted for. Um, tip your servers, pee after sex, and we'll see you guys next time. We, yay! Okay, bye. Bye.